everybody, <clears throat> welcome to another episode of Empty Tomb Radio. Uh, we are going through the book of Matthew, we're on Matthew chapter 3. Um, last time we went through Matthew chapter 2, we found out some amazing stuff about the birth of Jesus, uh, his escape to, to Egypt, and his return to Nazareth. So, Jesus... The coming Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, born in a small village in Bethlehem, as it was prophesied way back in the in the Old Testament. There's a lot of people that say Jesus was a fraud, and that he tried to fulfill all of the prophecies during his life intentionally. Or that people had gone back and painted Jesus in this picture that would fulfill the properties in post. Or, excuse me, prophecies, not properties. You can't fake where you're born. I'm sorry. That's just, it's, it's a state of fact. There's no disputing where Jesus is born. You can't fake that. Unless your name is Barack Obama. That just can <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so already, you know, even if he fulfilled any of these prophecies that, like I said, were made at least 700 years before he was actually born, that is a truly incredible feat. And just the there's, the odds are insurmountable. There is no way for us, for our human minds to comprehend how impossible that would be for these things to accidentally happen to somebody. It's, it's just not possible. So, uh, anyways, yeah. Chapter 2 is a really fun journey. Chapter 3 uh, is is really important. I, I Chapter 3, I think about a lot. I, I think about the, the later part of Chapter 3, so... I'm going to try not to rush there. That is definitely my uh, my favorite part of the chapter. But right off in the beginning, we're introduced to uh, a new person, uh, a new person named John the Baptist. So chapter 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So we have John the Baptist teaching in the wilderness. Uh, when we see wilderness um, in our Bible translations, it doesn't mean that he's out in the forests, uh, you know, chasing around bears and stuff. Wilderness just meant that he was out of the general population. John would preach where the people were. Does that sound familiar? That's exactly what Jesus did. John would go to the, to the people. He would not pre- preach in a temple, in a synagogue. Uh, he didn't care about earthly things. And Jesus actually said there's none greater than John. So John was a fulfillment of, of Old Testament law and Old Testament practices. Uh, and he his message was a simple one. <laughs> his message was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of God is at hand. 
Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven because Jews typically refrain from using the word God. So once again, this is for a Jewish audience. Uh, in other Gospels, I think in Luke, it says, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So the Jews, the Jews at the time when this was written knew who John the Baptist was. He was, you know, he was famous. He was, he was one of the best. And, but he was not, he was not appreciated. He was not uh, adored by them at all. Anyone who has who's saying any type of controversial message in the world is going to be persecuted. And John the Baptist is an example of that. Jesus is an example of that. So John's message was a simple one. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repenting is the first step for being saved. If you're not saved, the first step that you need to do is is repent and ask forgiveness for for your sins. Repenting isn't a one time, Lord, Lord, forgive me, uh, for I have sinned. And then you go on and, and do the same sin tomorrow. Repent actually is a full one eighty. It is you're leaving that old life behind. You're convicted. You are truly sorry. You are ashamed and you are a new a new creation you are no longer that old person you are something new so verse three um john was spoken of you know way back in the old testament um he was prophesied of as well uh prepare ye the way of the lord make his paths straight so roads back then were pretty rough. Roads were not like they were today. I mean, Rome was pretty great at building roads, but they were not in in any type of uh, working condition most of the time. So when kings would come up and down the road, there would be a calling for all the people, make, make, make the roads straight, make the paths easy, fix the roads for the kings that are coming. So in, in a sense, John is doing this for the king. So John is uh, saying, prepare prepare way for the Lord, make his path straight. So Jesus is, is coming. Uh, so verse 4, And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle around his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. So John, it's, I know the term all the words here that are used are, are kind of strange, but this is saying uh, his clothes were made out of camel's hair, <laughs> he had a you know, leather girdle around his loins, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Locusts, he's eating bugs, he's eating stuff that, you know, is is found where where he is. He's not he's probably not getting paid for this ministry. He's living off the land. He's out there connecting to the people. He's meeting them where they're at. Uh verse five. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about Jordan, and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So quickly, word got out to that John was doing some incredible things, and people were flocking to him to be baptized and to repent of their sins. 
very powerful ministry, very desired ministry as we see. But we also see anytime there's a group or any type of gathering in in the Bible, there's always like these these others that are, are there kind of lurking in the shadows and watching. The Pharisees are always around. So in the, verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came to the baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you, warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up his children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. So, a lot of <clears throat> that was just verses 7 through 12 right there. So, John seeing the Pharisees in the crowd, and he's saying, You vipers, you. These people spitting your venom. What are you doing here? Who are you hypocrites? Why are you why are you here? Uh, bring forth fruits and, and meat for repentance. And he says, And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. So the Pharisees back then would always claim the the lineage of Abraham. And it was kind of like their one of the pastors that I heard preached on this chapter said it was like their get out of jail free card. They would use that and and toss it around and toss their weight around. So they would give them excuse to behave however they want, which is exactly what God speaks against. Do as thou wilt is this very satanic form of living. Living for yourself, living for your flesh. Um, God is completely opposite of that. God came for other people. He came for the ones who need him. So then we have verse 10. The axe is cutting the root of the trees, and every tree that doesn't bring forth good fruit is thrown into the fire. That is a terrifying verse. You know, if we're all trees and we are all... A tree is judged by the fruit that it bears. If we're not bearing good fruit, we're getting cut down and we're getting thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water and repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. You're like, so the Lord is coming and I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his shoes. Now, we have a way of glorifying pastors and priests in our in the world and you know, we, we look up to these people, we value these people, we 
consult these people with our deepest secrets and our, you know, we confess our sins to these people and they know, we think that they know best and, you know, we really treasure our, our pastors and it, it, it is a problem because it, we shouldn't be focusing on them. We should be focusing on their teachings and the words that they say. But John must have been, everybody probably was looking up to John. I mean, there's groups of people flocking to him. He was the guy, and he's saying, look, the one that's coming after me, I'm not even worthy enough to, to pick up his shoes or to carry his shoes. He says, I am baptizing you with water. But the one that's coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, John is... John knows that someone's coming. Um, verse 12, whose van is at hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So this is a this is a similar <clears throat> picture he's painting as of verse 12, cutting down the trees. So back then with, with the wheat, they'd have these huge, these really long, pitchforks I I guess and they would throw it into a pile of wheat and they'd kind of shake around they hold it up in the air and the wind would blow the the chaff away the chaff is all the stuff that it didn't want it was a way of them separating the wheat and then they would just burn whatever they they all the garbage wheat that they didn't want so they would burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire just another thing of saying we're in this He's going to separate those, the ones that are for him, the ones that are building his kingdom, and he's, <laughs> the ones that aren't are going to be burned with unquenchable fire. Those are very hard pills to swallow. You know, it, if you're going down the boardwalk today and you see somebody saying, repent. Repent, you sinners. Like, you're all going to hell. You're going to burn. You know, we're, you're going to look at that guy and be like, wow, this guy's crazy. Look at what's this guy on? You know, but there was something different about John. He, he wasn't crazy. Although they tried to paint him like he was, the Pharisees tried to say that he was possessed by a demon. But that is just, you know, them not knowing how to handle these situations and not knowing how to, I guess, cope with the true message that, that John was saying. So um, this next part was the part I was talking about. And uh, this is something that, like I said, I think about a lot. It's, and I'll tell you why in, in just a second. But we're going to get into uh, when we're first introduced to adult Jesus um, in, in verse 13. So then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him. These are the first words that we see Jesus speak in the Old Testament. Um, and Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, 
for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom... I am well pleased. That is powerful. So verse 13. Jesus shows up. And Jesus comes up to John and says, John, I want you to baptize me. John knows who Jesus is. And John says, what are you talking about? You need to baptize me. You are, I am not worthy to baptize you at all. Jesus goes down into the water, comes back up. The Spirit of God descends onto him like a dove. The heavens open up and the loud voice says, This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. We see all three forms of the Godhead in this one place at the same time. That is why I think about this all the time. We have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have God all mentioned within a verse or two. And so recently I didn't realize that all of these three forms of the Godhead are also found in the very beginning of the Bible. First page. Sorry, I'm flipping over to uh, Genesis chapter 1 right now. Verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So we have one. We have the Father. And the earth was out without form, void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Verse 2 of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke. God spoke the word. The Gospel of John says, Jesus is the word. It says, in the beginning, Jesus was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So in the verse, first three verses of, of the Bible, we have all three components of the Godhead all together. And this is where we have them again. Jesus being baptized. If, if Jesus, God incarnate, needs to be baptized, right? I believe we do as well. So what is baptism? I was baptized when I was 25. I'm 31 now. I was baptized in church on Easter Sunday six years ago, I guess. Five years ago. I don't I don't remember the exact day. Easter Sunday, I think it was April twentieth. Um you're dropped down in the water, you're picked up. It's a public declaration of you giving your life to Christ. The old creation goes down in the water, the new creation comes out.
we are a new creation. Just as we said at the beginning of the chapter. Um, now, when I was baptized, there was no spirit of dove and the heavens didn't open up. They probably should have held me down for a little bit longer. I mean, you don't really have to dig too deep to, to find some some dirt on me. You know, we're all sinners and I was definitely one, you know, as well. We all have our, our issues. Uh, I, I still have, you know, we try my best, but just being introduced to Jesus, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere, coming out of the woodwork saying, baptize me, John. Uh, and John immediately recognizing who that is. So we have Jesus going down the water, coming back up, Spirit of God descending upon him, the voice opening up, confirming who this is, who this man is. This is my son for who I am well pleased. We have Jesus' identity given to him in front of crowds of people in a supernatural, incredible way. The Bible is a supernatural book. I think the world today, I think one of the attacks that Satan has is we try to take all the supernaturalism out of the Bible. You know, we try to put our own understanding and insert our own understanding into the words, you know. It's just, if you take all the supernatural out of the Bible, you don't have anything left. You know, we don't rely on our own understanding. Don't insert your own words here. What does it say? It says what it says. You know, don't change the words. Don't take out the deity of Christ. And we see that with, with other religions. We see, no one disputes that Christ walked walked the earth, you know. But like I said a couple episodes ago, who did Jesus say he was? Who do we see? Who who do we say that Jesus is? And who does the world say that Jesus is? If you ask the world who Jesus is, Jesus was a prophet. He was a great teacher. He was like you know Buddha or Mother Teresa. That is blasphemy. That is not who Jesus is. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is, a, he is our Savior. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one will come to the Father except through him. We need to accept Jesus into our lives and realize that he is not A man. He's not a regular man. He was 100% man, but he is also 100% God. That is supernatural as well. Holy Spirit, supernatural. The miracle that Jesus performed, supernatural. All the crazy stuff that happened from, you know, Genesis to Revelation, it's all supernatural. There's stuff that we do not see, there's stuff that we don't understand. It is important for us to know this one fact and this one truth. Jesus and his identity who is given to him right here. The voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is not new to, to God's universe. Jesus was there in the beginning. 
and Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. You know, speaking of the universe, I think that's that's another deception that we 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 see all the time. I mean, I see it when I'm watching cartoons with my son even, you know, and they'll say, you know, I don't the the universe gave this to me. Um, you know, I I I don't don't say that. Don't, I don't want the the universe. I don't want the you know, the law of attraction to to the bring that in or you know, the universe will give me a free lunch today. The universe is a deception. When you're trying to bring your own stuff into your own universe with your with your mindset, with you thinking you're powerful enough to do what God does, that is witchcraft. <laughs> that is you trying to become your own God. And there is nothing more satanic than that. Look at the story of Adam and Eve, dev- the devil, you know, tempting Eve, saying, eat, eat this fruit, you'll be just like God. That is the first deception that we see in the Bible. Come on, guys. Wake up a little bit. Yeah, you try to be your own God. Try to provide for yourself only things that God should provide. That is that is horrible. Do not be like that. Do not do that. <laughs> Sorry for getting off on a little tangent here. But I just love thinking of John the Baptist. Like I said, he... He's just an incredible figure in the Bible. You know, he is he's controversial all the time. And his message was so simple. Prevent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Or, re, repent. Repent, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So, chapter 3 is is great because we have, we have pretty much everything we need here to be saved. You know, I well, I believe you can be saved with without baptism, probably. But you know, baptism aligns your heart. I think God knows you better than anybody else. I don't believe you need baptism to be to be saved. You know, I don't think a baby needs to be baptized in order in order to go to heaven. But what I do think baptism does is it aligns yourself with the Father. It gets you into a, a position of humility uh, for you to submit yourself and humbly leave that old creation into in the water and emerge as something new. So we have our we have our instructions here. First thing we need to do is repent, repent of our sins, leave that old guy behind, go under the water, be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did. And then the last thing we need to do is believe with our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. And you will be saved. So, chapter 3. It's a great chapter. Oh, man. 
It's, it's so great. It's so great. Chapter four. <laughs> another one I think about all the time. I think, you know, chapter four. I hope you're following along. Go ahead and read ahead of chapter four. I'll try to break it down as best I could. And oh my gosh, I can't believe that I forgot to open up this with a prayer. Uh, I want to do that every time. Uh, but, uh, man, I, I can't believe I did it. So um, I'm, I'm going to close with the prayer. And uh, next time we'll, we'll get into chapter four. So, dear Heavenly Father, Jesus, thank you for being the example that this world needed to uh, realize what we needed to do to enter your kingdom, Father. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for our many great teachers that we have in this book, Lord, from, you know, from Joseph to, to John the Baptist to yourself. We're going to find out how to deal with temptation next week, Lord. Uh, I just pray for everybody Everybody listening right now, you can enter into your heart and set them free, Father. And if anybody hasn't accepted you, just have them say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I don't want to be anymore. I'm ashamed of my sin. Please, Lord, forgive me for what I have done in the past. Please make me a new creation, Father. Please leave that old person behind. Lord, I pray that you enter my heart and set me free. In your powerful name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Well, that's enough. That's uh, that's all I have for today. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at uh, EmptyTombRadio at gmail.com. Please feel free to email me if you have anything you want to talk about, any prayer requests, uh, any comments. If there's anything that I missed, reach out to me for any reason at all. Let me know how you liked it. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm really enjoying going through this. I'm, I'm enjoying talking about it um, to the best of my understanding. And, uh, I'm really looking forward into getting into Chapter 4. Uh, I said next week. I think that's just because... <laughs> I listen to podcasts. We'll say we'll see you next week. I don't know when that'll be. It could be tomorrow. It could be in a week. Who knows? But I'll try to get out as soon as I can. Thank y'all. I love y'all. Take care and talk soon.